We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked off by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo, touchdown to Torvald. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? We're back and uh we had a good show last uh, last uh, time out on Wednesday. We were we talked to Eric Schlitt of USA Today Lions Wire. Um, today, of course, I got Griff on the line. Griff, what's going on? Hey man, TGIF. Man, I almost got slipping. I got to get the bell here. I uh, had it <laughs> not close to me to be able to hit it. But uh, we got lots to talk about today, Griffco. We've got uh, all types of news and notes, little things we're going to dive into. We're going to um, dive into some interesting draft stuff. And then I have a great Lions debate where me and you are going to go at it a little bit for two minutes at a time and and probably argue and fight a little bit. But that should be fun. And then got to interesting uh exciting little note at the end so everybody's got to stay tuned uh from front to back here we're gonna we're gonna load them up today with lions content you ready to do this yeah let's get this started all right so grifka i put up out on twitter that it came out that when demarcus lawrence signed he signed the big deal with dallas and obviously he was the big defensive end everybody knew he wasn't going anywhere but didn't know if dallas was gonna pony up and give him the money well they did and what I'd like to do is sort of look at his contract and flowers because it kind of came across the line, you know, that he was going to be averaging 21 mil. We know that flowers is at around 18, but let's dive into the details a little bit and look at these because I think, again, everybody excited about flowers, but some people, wow, it's a lot of money. You know, I, every time somebody gets signed, that's a good football player. The contract or two before it doesn't look as bad. So let's kind of look at the numbers. Let me break them down for you a little bit right off the top. So Lawrence got five years, 105 mil, 25 mil signing bonus, 21 as an average uh, per year, guaranteed at signing 48 for a total guaranteed of 65 million. And he's locked up until 2024 and it says here he has a potential out in 2022 so those are the basic numbers let's let's look at trey flowers now so trey signed five years only at 90 so that's 15 million less than lawrence he's got a signing bonus of 28 less than lawrence 
an average salary of 18 mil, 3 million less than Lawrence per year on a five-year deal. Guaranteed at signing only 40, a lot less. Um, total guarantee of 56. Again, big number, uh, still less than Lawrence. And he's locked up to 2024 also with a potential out in 2022. So I know I threw a lot of numbers at you there, but have you looked these over? Do you, uh, what is your take? We obviously kind of know that at this point, Lawrence is the better football player. He's a beast. He's put up some big numbers. Um, Flowers also has been good and he's sort of coming into his prime, hopefully in a great scheme for him for the next few years. What do you think about this dough, the contract, the players talk to me? Got Lawrence, Lawrence contract. I mean, talk about setting the market. I mean, that, uh, those are some big numbers right there. But uh, like you said in the past, the, the uh, CBA is coming up here. So the salary cap will change. They still have a little cheaper quarterback in, uh, in Dak Prescott. Um, gosh, man. So, I mean, I guess, you know, like obviously the Cowboys can afford it. But uh, that's still an awful lot of money. And like you said, I mean, if you were to just poll people, you know, who is the better player, I, I believe. Like you said, I believe Lawrence is the better player. But I really like Flowers' contract, you know, compared to that. Like you said, he's coming into his own. He's in a scheme, you know, that he you know, should, should fit his talent. And um, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt as much down the road, even if the, uh, even if the um, salary cap, you know, was to rise, obviously, which, it'll, which it will happen. But uh, Lawrence contract right there, gosh, that's, that's just big money right there. And that's something right there. I mean, we've, we've all seen him play. You know, he, he can be the double team and he's, you know, he chews up a lot of ground when he runs. He can get to the quarterback. That's, that's still an awful lot an awful lot of money there to sink into one guy. And especially when there's a few guys on that team, the Cowboys, they're going to have to get paid here in a couple of years. And um, I think Flowers' contract fits nicely into what the Lions are looking to do at this year and even going forward. Yeah, so so flipping back, I kind of flipped back and forth. Trey Flowers has a, a couple million more actually in signing bonus, but all the other numbers I think uh, lean over there to Demarcus Lawrence. Get this, like in 2019, Trey Flowers' base salary is $800,000 with a signing of five mil for a total cap hit of only barely over six mil. And then in 2020, his base goes up to 11 million. So I don't know, an $11 million increase in base. He still has a signing of five mil, which pushes him then to a 16, almost a $17 million number. And it kind of continues to go up from there. But I mean, it's not bad. Like even in 2023, his last uh, year before he's a free agent, it's just at a flat 16 with, uh, with five. So yeah, I mean, that gets you up to the $23 million cap hit, but let me look at Lawrence. They did the same thing with Lawrence, man. Basically Lawrence in 2019, 1.5 million base, 5 million signing for 11 million hits. So look at that. Like Trey flowers makes half of a cap hit of what DeMarcus Lawrence does here this first year. And then they balloon it up. I mean, he balloons up all the way to 26 on the cap for his final year. So I mean, when you're talking about getting into the numbers even more, like 
the NFL, what, what's your take, Griff Ground, how the NFL just moves numbers around? Like, how is a guy making a $600,000 base, a million and a half base? Like, that just seems like ridiculous accounting the NFL does. That's, uh, you know, it's always one of the things that the NFL players themselves, they, they kind of gripe about because, yeah, you can get your guaranteed up money, your guaranteed money, but still a lot of that money is not guaranteed. And that's why they'll backload it like that. And I, I kind of brought that. We, we talked about this before with Trey Flowers. I mean, with the odds him seeing like even the back end of that contract. I mean, yeah, it's short term and he's coming into his own is great. But still, if he doesn't play up to up to what the Lions expect him to, you know, they can cut him. They'll take a little hit, but it won't be as bad. It works the same way with Lawrence. Like, okay, here's your last year. We're gonna you're, you're gonna balloon up to this. Chances of him like seeing that or reworking the deal if he's still still you know playing at a high level. It's it's one of those things. It's just creative accounting, and all you're really ever doing is just kicking the can down the road. And it never seems like there's teams that where you know. Uh, remember when the salary cap was first was first came in, and like teams like was it like Houston? Remember they're still in Houston. They had to cut just a, a bunch of guys to get under cap. I mean, like good players. They had to cut a bunch of them just to get under. It just seems like now that teams are able to just kind of keep kicking that can down the road, and the chickens never come home to roost. Where it's just like, well, we got to cut a boatload of people. You know, to get the cap, it's just it's just the way it works now. I mean, it's just like you said, it's it's fudging the numbers, creative accounting to keep your team competitive. Like I know the NFL has to protect themselves from injury, but let's finish with this. So, Demarcus Lawrence, if we really, it says five for one hundred five, but like it's really a potential out in twenty twenty two, making it a three year, sixty five million dollar contract which is almost fully guaranteed the other like 50 million he could never see on flowers' side it's five for 90 mil with a potential out at three years 55 million it's like he could never see another 45 plus million of his either like uh, if they got injured or if like you say a team just needs to move forward like I think that's crazy. I mean, like, I know why it's done because of the physicality, but like you said, the players have a beast because you sign these big number deals and really like half of it's really what it should be on paper. You know, uh, it just looks so much crazier. So I just wanted to bring that out. I threw it out there of just him making three less million per, but those are all the crazy numbers, two great pass rushers kind of in their prime and, and we're really hoping that flowers can produce as Lawrence had moving forward. And then, you know, he'd be worth every penny. Yeah. He, he can definitely be the catalyst of this defense to really push it over the top snacks down low, him on the edge, a uh, canard coming off the other side, Jared Davis, you know, continues to improve little help on the def- you know, on the back end and, you know, um, a little more help at the other edge. I mean, this could be just a real dominant defense with flowers just wreaking a lot of havoc in this division. Yeah, man, can we see him in the Lions jersey uh, on the field? No doubt about it. Grifka, we got a couple other news and notes. Uh, we uh, we had preseason opponents on the docket that came out this week. Uh, you know, <laughs> I put a little blurb again out on Twitter saying uh, this is the only time I get excited about preseason is when I see the preseason thing come out, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's preseason. So what else do you have to say about this? I, I, preseason to me is like, like you said, it's just games, practice, you know, run through. Um, my, my biggest thing is what I always find funny is like when people complain about who they're playing against, it's like, why do they play Buffalo every year? Why do they play Cleveland every year? I'd rather have the, I'd rather have Lions traveling close to home 
and not make a bunch of West Coast road trips, you know, like, oh, let's go see them play Oakland and Seattle. Out there. Why? I mean, who cares who they play? I mean, like you said, it's just guys seeing other guys, and we always get stoked for the game, and then, you know, midway through the first quarter, we're texting each other going, um, yeah, now we know why uh, this is preseason football. So I just always find it funny how people complain who they end up playing for those four meaningless games. Yeah, exactly. And I've got to the point where, like, I won't even waste my gas or my time going down to these games when, like, the players don't even play. Even the third game, sometimes like, oh, man, good, they're at home on the third game. And you go to that game, it's still a, a meaningless football game where you're paying for parking and food and all this stuff. You're like, man, I could just catch this on DVR or something. But um, I did notice the Patriots were back at Ford Field, which is kind of cool. Anybody that wants to go down and check out Tom Brady, um, that's something. And then uh, – who was it? The Houston or something that's coming in. So those are the two home games, I think. So, yeah. uh, you know, oh no, I think it's Buffalo, Buffalo and, and, and New England here. And then Houston, somebody else uh, on the Houston road. I Cleveland can't remember. Are the other two, yeah. they play Cleveland again in preseason. Uh, oh yeah. Good. I, you know, like you say, we'll, we'll see them. Uh, but yeah, n- not a big deal, but definitely it came out this week. So waiting for that schedule NFL, let's get that schedule out. Let's go. Um, Grifka, Let's talk for two seconds about this. Ford Field getting some new turf. Any thoughts? Well, I guess if it holds up as well as the uh, stuff they just had in there, uh, uh, with that field turf supposed to last you about, what, like eight to ten years? And um, if I recall, like, was it uh, after a couple years, you always have to replace, like, the or add more of the black pellets in there because it's, you know, just from playing, it, just can't, it gets kind of, like, pushed out to the side. So, you know, instead of, like, picking them up and moving them back to the middle. They just always bring in another heap of the black pellets and put it in there. So um, new turf, maybe uh, hopefully they keep the uh, blue end zone. Cause I really like the way that looked. It really popped against the green. So um, as, long, as long as it holds up, uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh man. The only thing I remember is like, man, it had to be a, a good, you know, five plus years ago, whatever it was like something went on with the Ford field uh, game field. Cause when you would turn on the game, it was like a shade of Brown. You know, I don't, I don't know what was going on there or what the issue was. Probably uh, Tom Lawan was sleeping at the wheel or something, but it looked absolutely terrible. And then they finally got it looking better. And like you say, anything they can do to help protect the players, make it better for the players, you know, I'm for that. But uh, you know, not, nothing big, just glad they're doing that to, to enhance things and, and should be good. Uh, two other quick items uh, before we get to the meat of the show. Uh, they signed Tom Savage as this kind of a backup quarterback. Will he be the number two? Will he, um, you know, provide some things in training camp? And then Eli Harold, the guy they traded for, ended up walking, and he ended up going to Buffalo. Any thoughts there, Grifka? Um, I like the Tom Savage signing. I think he's going to be better than Matt Castle, and I definitely like him more than Connor Kurt. Counter Cook. Um, I mean, the guy's got some starting experience. He's never been, you know, the, uh, you know, obviously guy that you're going to build an offense around. But if something was to happen to Stafford, I think he would definitely be serviceable. Um, Eli Harold, um, when they traded for him, I was kind of excited, you know, and when he first kind of, he balled out at his first couple games, man, he looked like he really had something going. And then he just kind of fell off and uh, didn't produce like you thought he would. So, uh, I didn't know. I thought maybe if, like, worst came to worst, they could bring him back as a backup. But, obviously, Buffalo saw a little more in Eli Harold than what uh, Bob Quinn did. So, uh, you know, good luck, sir. But, you know, good, good times in Buffalo. Now, Grifka, you know there's only one player in a Lions uniform that might have something here. I mean. 
Oh, Levine to Lolo. I mean, how have we not resign this guy? Why? Why is that? Because we might have found something with him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't mind Tom Savage. The only thing I mind about it is I'm kind of annoyed that we continue to get these like guys. It almost like a let's get a guy that won't bother Stafford that will could maybe play if needed, but he's definitely never going to be better than the guy. I mean. Again, I'm in the Stafford camp, but I think it would be really intriguing if if they had a guy that would either push him or would, like, scare him a little bit. Like, Tom Savage is going to be, like, a guy that comes in and watches tape for number nine and kind of is what he is. I mean, that's what it should be if Matt Stafford's playing at a high level. But if he's struggling around and we got these, these old mid-level bums that can't come in and play, I mean, that's the only reason I'm a little bit higher on Connor Cook is he hasn't really shown what he can do in the league, he's bounced around a little bit. He had a decent college career. Like I would, I'd like to see him in the preseason more than Tom Savage. But um, like you say, my, minor things going on with our team. It's kind of like that hush season right now before the draft, where you're hearing lots of uh, rumor and innuendo, as we say. But uh, who knows what's true, and and not a ton of signings or things going on. So uh, that's our news and notes. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, let's go ahead and dive in. Griffka, I know you wanted to talk about uh, some previous drafts, some uh, favorite drafts. Like, what do you got this week? Yeah, um, based on what uh, Bob Quinn's been doing, I know uh, we're really liking, at least for me and you, from way it so- from way it sounds like, we're liking the way he's uh, taking this team. And so it really kind of got me thinking, like, where, the- where this team's come from before he got here especially with drafts. I went to go back and look and I know like we always talk about the former second round picks that never made it and you can name the laundry list of them. But I started to really dive deep into some of the other ones. And I just went back to the, uh, the Matt Millen started the Matt Millen era because uh, that's when you said you really started to follow the lions. So it really got me thinking about like, what would be my favorite drafts for the lions, you know, based on the players they got, you know, since Matt Millen, you know, Matt Millen on and, um, I don't know. I, I, I jotted down four in, uh, you know, four years and a few guys in each one that I thought really kind of stood out. And believe me, there's the years that, you know, we got like one stud and everybody else is not that great. And uh, there's some other years that were just like totally forgettable. But uh, uh, you want me to name off my four or, or do you have you, you want to start? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. OK. And uh, the, the funny part is like probably my favorite draft. Uh, out of all of them that I went back since Millen had to be uh, 2017. I mean, just a couple of years ago. I mean, Bobby Quinn. I mean, look who we got. We got Davis, got Kenny Boy. I mean, uh, Jamal Agnew was there. I mean, those are the three probably biggest names. I mean, there's other guys that are obviously still around. I mean, we're still trying to wait to see if T's Tabor pans out. I really like Jalen Reeves Maven, but I don't know if he fits the scheme that the Lions are are now working in. Um, Mike Roberts, I know you really like him, and I like him too. We're just hoping that he can kind of bust out, maybe maybe do a little more. 
And then, uh, you know, they had Ledbetter, Kai, and O'Connor, which were really nothing. But then uh, after that, you know, uh, obviously that's the Bob Quinn draft. So going back, I'd have to say after that, my next favorite one would be um, probably uh, 2009. I mean, that's obviously the year we got, you know, uh, uh, Stafford. We also drafted Pettigrew, which was obviously the big downer. But uh, I really like the the Levy uh, the Levy uh, pick in the third round. I thought Sammy Hill was going to be decent in the fourth round. He did, he did pretty good. Then he, he signed away. But uh, Lou Delmas was on the team, and I know how much you like Lou Delmas. Yeah, you know, I remember hearing the stories of you John with him at uh, training camp. But uh, oh yeah, I, I, I like that one. And then um, my next favorite one's probably thirteen. Um, I know Ziggy. You know I know you like Ziggy, but uh, they got big play. Larry Warford's kind of one of those guys I think we're kind of kicking ourselves now that uh, the Lions let him go. Um, Sam Martin, your favorite punter, was on the team. Uh, Theo Riddick got him that year. And um, I guess my biggest disappointment from that year is Corey Fuller. Uh, I thought he could have he could have developed into that big, tall outside receiver. And I know he played a couple games when uh, Calvin was hurt. But uh, and um, I was kind of disappointed the way he turned out. And then probably my fourth favorite one, just for the guys in it, um, it was 2008. And that, that was the year we got, uh, you know, Gosner in the first round. And then uh, you know, linebacker Jordan Dizon in the second. But then uh, we got Kevin Smith for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I said that right. I'll let you say that one. But that was another year we also got Flu. <laughs> Love Andre Fluellen, Mr. You know, call you back in five games and you'll be back on the team. And we also took a Cliff Averill in the third round. And then uh, Jerome Felton was on the team. And uh, Landon Cohen, a seventh-round pick, I mean, he stuck around with the Lions for a couple years. And uh, – he ended up being out, but that was probably the big names out of those four years. But those are the four years going back to the beginning of the Matt Millen era till now were probably my four favorite drafts. All right. Well, Grifko, we agree on one. Okay. So, so that's something because uh, we usually agree on nothing here on the show. <laughs> uh, I will give you credit, which I rarely do on the show either, that as you ran through a few of those that weren't on my list, I mean – there's some good picks there. I mean, I think when you're talking about a good draft, I mean, you're looking to find like at least, you know, four starters and maybe a diamond in the rough type of guy or guys, like you said, that sort of stick on the roster. So, you know, some of those, yeah, you named off a couple people, but, um, you know, I think the back end is so thin on a few of those that I left them off my list. And then what, what were you doing with that last draft? You, you put it on your list, but it was Gosder shareless and then Jordan dies on. I mean, I don't care who you get after that in the first two rounds. That's not a good draft, Griffin. No, I just I said I, I this one was because of the guys that got man. And I just remember you with your Kevin Smith jersey with what I had like what five M's on it or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, no man, the F's, Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then yeah, I had about ten F's to be honest. Like but, we got uh, Andre Fluellen, man. I, I mean that guy was like like I said, man. You got to love Andre Fluellen. It's like you're the last cut, but that's okay. We're gonna call you three games in, and then we'll cut you after game five, and then you'll be back game seven. And uh, <laughs> it just had you, man. <laughs> yeah, but then you brought up Cohen too. You know why we had those guys, or why they kept coming back? Because we had Captain Rod as our coach, and he kept eighteen defensive lineman that year he thought he would just run a defense with all defensive linemen <laughs> that's what he knew how to coach are you gonna put you're gonna put 5-0 back in the defensive backfield starting starting safe <laughs> rod marinelli sh- he, his shovel might have been sharp and his will might have been outstanding but his brain was not <laughs> where we needed it to be in regards to roster construction so all right let it let me go ahead and get through these, Grifka. I just did three quick ones. So the one we agreed on was 
2013 and, and and don't try to fool the people now you're oh i like the 2013 draft we got ziggy who i love grifka like all you've done is hate on this guy you try to pawn him off to me like ziggy slay warford uh devin taylor which you didn't mention he was pretty good for a few years yeah i don't like martin now but he's been a punter for i don't know how many years so you know to me that's a valued pick uh it's filled a spot for five plus years whatever it is and then theo um, getting him really late, you know, again, down on him right now, but he's been better than advertised. So 2013 was on my list. Um, 2018 was on my list just because, yeah, we don't totally know what they're going to be yet. But when you're looking at Frank, you're looking at carry on, you're looking at Tracy with the longest arms in sports. You're looking at uh hand who's just a versatile lineman that a lot of people are split on, but he's been, much better than advertised to really good. And then we got Crosby at that crazy value. Like I know he didn't play much, but when he was in there, he seemed to be good. They might have a bigger role for him here moving forward. I mean, to me, again, I just named off five. Again, when you can get to five names or maybe four and a couple diamonds that might turn out to be good down the road, I think that's good. And then I looked down the list, Grifka, and again, I agree with a few of yours where, yeah, you know, Jared Davis and Galladay were good. Mike Roberts, we love to score touchdowns. So, you know, maybe I lean towards that as being a decent draft, Agnew late. But as I scrolled through, man, I was looking at it. I I couldn't give the thumbs up on these. Like, I went back to 06, and I didn't come up with anything else on my list that I wanted to deem a quote-unquote good draft. So I went with 2019 with a big question mark because (laughs) 2019 made my list out of top three uh, over the past, what, 13-plus years because we have to nail this draft, and nothing else that I see in the past is going to be probably be better than what we're going to do this year in the draft. So those are my three. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like I said, there was a lot of lean years back there. I was like, there were some, I was like, just trying to like jot down names and I'm like, gosh, this is terrible. Gosh, no wonder we sucked. <laughs> and like, and like you say, like the draft is such an inexact science. I look back and I'm like, Oh man, I remember trying to justify that guy after we took him. Oh, I liked him and he didn't pan out or, Oh, you know, that guy was a pick I thought was good. And yeah, he was good, but the rest of the draft was terrible. So, I mean, it's just crazy to watch how it pans out. And like I say, when you're a fan, you have to sort of be excited after the draft almost regardless. But man, like you say, looking back, there's only a couple players on some of those drafts and you're picking seven, eight plus picks in a draft. You're getting two it's, names that look yeah, like they I were noticed decent. That too. I mean, there was just some, it was just like, we, the Lions had a lot of draft picks and like, swings and misses on just like all of them it's like oh yeah. gosh yeah i mean lashore Derek williams titus those are three high second rounders that were complete misses i mean uh brutal so um f- fun to look back but yeah man uh those those last few drafts from like 17 18 19 those are what's really carrying us right now so it's got to uh got to keep it moving and and should pay dividends here shortly yeah. All right, Grifko, so we talked about your draft. I got a little something for us today. Okay. The, pe- the people are craving some arguments, some uh, some uh, me and you getting after it. We've been too nice to each other on the show. So I want to do some great Lions debates where we're each going to get two minutes and give our side of the story. 
And when that two minutes is up, you're done. I don't want to hear you going back for six minutes and not letting me talk. Um, we're going to keep this tight. So you ready to do this? You got the timer, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got to have a timer for you. You'd go on for you'd, you'd – uh, oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of it? What's, what's the word when the politicians just go forever? Oh, they filibuster? Oh, yeah, that that's Grifka. Yeah, that's you right there. You're filibustering all day on me on these type of okay. things. So two, two minutes, two minutes flat, and we're going to do this. So the first one I got, Grifka, is this year in the draft, you seem to be always wanting to go defense. I'm saying we got to go offense. You got two minutes to tell me why this team still needs to load up on defense uh, high in the draft or overall in the draft to get us up over the hump. You ready? Yeah. All right. In three, two, one. Make me believe. I look at this division and I see a lot of good offenses in it. And defenses are going to win this division. So, yeah, we got Trey Flowers and we signed Kennard last year. And they made, you know, they got Coleman at the nickel spot. But still, I mean, we're missing and we're missing another defensive end. And I know you like Okwara and, and you want him to play, but if we can get somebody better in the draft, and like I said, Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, Rashawn Gary, somebody like that, just to finish off that defensive line, that's going to improve this team leaps and bounds. Even if they trade back a few spots and go get one of those cornerbacks that, you know, we're looking at. I don't, I think Greedy Williams is kind of off the table now, but um, there's a few other cornerbacks we like there. Even if they get late in the, they get late in the round, they go get my boy rock. But, uh, the defense is what's going to win this division. They have enough offense right now for them to score against the defenses in this division, but I think they still need a little more to stop some of those offenses. Chicago's offense is really coming around. Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers and looks like they're loading up on some offensive weapons this offseason. Minnesota, they still have Cook, and they still have um, the wide receivers, Thielen, and um, gosh, the other guy, um, uh, um, Stefan Diggs. I mean, I don't think Kirk Cousins, he ain't that great. But still, they still have enough offensive firepower to put, uh, put points up on the board. So I still believe the Lions need to come up with one of those defenses that really can be like maybe a top five defense in the league, a couple more key parts that they can get early in the draft, and that's going to do that. That's why, that's why I still think they need defense. All right. Grifka had 20 seconds left, uh, but he made a, a good case for himself. Now I'm about to kill him. Here we go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Grifka, you and everybody else that takes it on surface level, it's easy to say defense. This city's been saying defense forever. Oh, if we just had a good defense. What do you think Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia went out and did in free agency? They went ahead and took care of the slot corner, the defensive end. We've got guys in the middle of this defense. We've got a linebacker now. We've got good guys at safety. And we've even got young guys on the edge. So, like, we're pretty solid there. You know where we've sucked recently? We can't score touchdowns. We can't throw the football deep. We can't have teams coming in going, oh, man, like, how are we going to defend the Lions? they pretty much been getting after our quarterback and then just uh, locking up our receivers, and we can't, we can't throw the ball more than five yards. So on offense, what I'm saying is those first few rounds, look for some special playmakers if they're there. If they're not, yes, you can always beef up your defense. But even in the second round, you know, if there's speed demons that can score deep touchdowns, look at it. If there's a flex tight end, that's special at, at the proper spot. Look at it. If there's, um, 
you know, a, a running back that can be a, a legit number two for years to come and can complement carry on well, load up because we're paying our quarterback 26 million bucks. And everyone's always said, well, oh, you're always just saying get him weapons. Well, if you look at the good offenses in the league, Kansas City, Saints, the Patriots, all these people, they put certain playmakers around their quarterback so they can score points and then points plus a decent defense wins in the 2019 NFL. So I'm just telling you, it's a different league. It's an offensive league. You got to stop people, but man, you got to score points. I I like your take, but I I still like defense. (laughs) All right. That's a bell bell for that comeback. I had five seconds left. I let you off easy. Grifka, I'm not letting you off easy this time. This is the one the people been waiting for, the Grifka scouting versus the Oakry scouting. The reasons how you develop, how you look at players, what your strategies are, how the work you put in, all that stuff. Do you want to go first or second, Grifka? Because I've been waiting to eat you up on this one for a while. Go ahead, you can go first. Since I went oh, first man. last time, you you get you get first cut this time. <sighs> all right, let me catch my breath because I'm about to just crush you for two minutes. All right, here we go. Okay. In three, two, one, boom. Now, Grifka, when it comes to the – before I get to Oakery scouting, let me let me crush the Grifka scouting. The Grifka scouting is sitting on your lazy boy, squeaking back and forth, rocking back and forth, watching Saturday football. Okay, you watched a few games. Okay, you've watched some Big Ten. Big freaking deal. Uh, where, where are you putting the work in outside of that, Grifka? Last time I checked, the only podcast you listen to is ours because you didn't know any before this. Uh so you're not getting any draft content via podcast, you know, yeah, you got your lions 24 seven, but that's only one resource. And last time I checked, they're way down on my list for uh, credibility. And you always say, oh, I watch football. Grifka, let me tell you what I do. I don't watch football on Saturdays. I watch Michigan and any big game, which has two teams that face each other that are big time and mean something. I'm not watching all these other ridiculous college games on Saturday. But what I do do is when the season ends, I'm diving into uh, the prospect rankings. I'm reading up on these players, seeing their character, seeing different things. I'm listening to shows. I'm diving into all the different websites and comparing data across all these different forums so that I'm not just taking one, two sources and saying, oh, there we go. I'm looking at all these different sources. I'm working my own draft board at the house. I'm putting these players up on boards. I'm, I'm moving them around so I get to know their names, their values, all that type of stuff. So it doesn't matter if you watch a full game. I can pull up stuff online and watch 10 minutes of a player multiple times and get to know who he is rather than stumbling through a four-hour football game live on a Saturday and saying, wow, I watch. Like, I know this guy. Like, you got to put the work in, Grifka. You've got to have multiple sources. And don't tell me that you put in more work than I do. That's the Oakry scouting. We do work and we get results. Now I'm done. Two seconds left. Let's go. You count me in. In three, two, zero. There you go. Okay. I will admit you do spend more time watching videos and you do watch, um, you know, more or whatever your podcast and whatever like that. That's fine. But you're watching highlight videos. I can make you look like a stud in a highlight video. Sit down and watch a game. I mean, that's all you got to say. It's like, oh, you watch one or two games. No, I watch a bunch of games. I do. I watch a lot of them. And it's like, and I watch different ones because it's like, hey, this guy might be good. This guy could be good. So I watch, I watch interesting games for myself. I'm sorry. You're going you're gonna to see it on the field. 
You're not going to watch a five-minute video and you'll be like, oh, okay, this guy made a great play here. This guy made a great play here. This guy made a great play here. It's like, no, sit down and watch a big game where they take on somebody big and watch that guy. You know, and it's like, yeah, then you'll get your stuff. The problem is, like, when I throw stats at you, it's like, this guy sucked against a good team. You get all, you don't like it because it's a hard number right there. Fine. You go dig into your numbers. Go listen to your 40,000 guys. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you can go take all the information in the world. There's a few, there's a really a few things you really need to get into as a fan to know somebody. No, do I really care about the sixth round, you know, cornerback that we may take out of Southern Utah? No, sorry. Nobody's going to really know that guy. You know, no big deal. You know, you're just, you're looking for like the few guys. You're looking for like the first, you know, number of rounds, four rounds, five rounds. Okay. That back end of the draft, those guys are never going to see the field. Okay, so, yeah, I sit and I watch the games. That's where you get to know, guys. You want to watch a bunch of workout videos? Fine. You go watch Adam Archuleta and Mike Mamula. Those guys' tapes were very average, but they, they were studs at the combine, and they automatically jumped into the top of, you know, into the first round. What were they as pros? Burnouts. It doesn't matter. So go watch a tape. Sit down. Yeah, you, well, watch your five minutes of, like, some agent put out, like, my guy's a stud. Take him as opposed to, like, watching a full game. Yeah, go down and sit there and watch. You know, flip back and forth between games, between big games, as opposed to just, oh, pull this up. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you're pulled up reading the, of, of other guys' stuff, too. Are you really breaking down something to say, hey, here, you know, I got this take on this guy? You, you're done with your filibusters. The buzzer went off. I got five seconds and- extra because I used 20, 20 seconds of my stuff before. <laughs> I, I would rebut, but the people know that was a TKO by me. Uh, I, I know that uh, that was just a whitewash. So I won't even say anything more. And I saved your favorite for the third, Griffka. You ready for this? Uh, okay. You, you you better bring the lumber here. Rock your sin in the first. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me say that again. Rock your sin, <laughs> as Griffka would say, in the first, or as I would say, the rock if you smell what I'm cooking in the third, I, I will give it to you if you have some breath left and can do this, or if you're so demoralized because I just whitewashed you in the last uh, debate. Rocky Sin in the first round, he's one of the top probably three cornerbacks in, in this draft. I mean, the guy's a player. He's well-respected. The guy, the guy, you're like, what have you seen? You barely watched anything. Nope. You're right. I don't watch a whole lot of Temple football games, but I watched the UCF game because they have a good quarterback, and he showed up, he balled on that game, and I watched the Houston game because Houston had some good players, and they had a good team. So, yeah, those are the two games because there was nothing else really on, so I sat and watched those games. I didn't flip over and watch a Pistons game. I didn't go over and watch some other crappy NBA game. No, I watched college football because that's where the guys are. This is one of the top three. And, do you know, at Temple, the way, the way they – the way they get their numbers, the first, the first one through nine, is picked by the team. And he, won, he wore one of those numbers. It's your best players, and it's picked by the team. He's well-respected. He's a great player, and he's going to be really, really good in the pros. And, and it's like, yeah, I know you throw, oh, Mel Kuyper, he's the only one. No, there's a lot of people that think that. Just because you don't, because you went to Temple and you didn't see him actually play a game, you watched a five-minute video and based it on something else, and you listened to what? You know, some other guy who probably never seen a Temple game either, so you blew it off, or like – you know, three or four guys, you think he's third round material all of a sudden when he's sitting at the end of the first round, I don't even know if I'm going to bother texting you. I'm going to let you sit there and wait for me to text you and wondering when it's going to come through because yes, he is first round material. He's been first round material. And he's like, I thought he was one of the top three cornerbacks in there, but Hey, that's cool. Whatever. You're right. I read up on a little more. He moved up in front of a couple guys for me. He's first round material. 
Oh my goodness, so much gold to work with there. Okay, in three, two, one. Grifka, we all know you watch games on Saturday. We know you love his name. But here's the fact. You said he's a number three corner. While you were speaking, Grifka, I scribbled down on a notepad. Six guys I like better than Rakyasin, and I was the guy that promoted Rakyasin as a good football player. I've got Greedy, the Washington corner, Awarie, Julian Love, Lane, the Georgia corner, Baker, your boy. Those guys are all better than Rakyasin. That's six, so he's already at seven, probably three or four others that I left off my list that he's uh, behind. Now, he's a good football player. Now, I love that you said, oh, he has a short, he has a small number, so he's respected, like, this guy played at Temple Grifka. Like he had to be one of the better football players and he's, he competes. He's tough. He has no special um, amazing traits. He's a pretty good to decently good corner. And I would love him on the lions, but he's going to have to come in the late second on a trade down. He's going to have to come in the, the early third. And like you say, since you've said it, because I'm sure Mel Kuyper called you, uh, yeah, I've seen him in the first round in a couple of mocks. And if he goes in the first or even the early second, are you going to talk about it for the next five years here on the show? Of course you are. But if I'm looking at it objectively, looking at my draft board, there's no way in heck Rocky Sin is getting in the late first. There's no way he's a top five corner in this class. But again, he's a good player. I would like him on our team. He's got to come at the right value. So... It can't be the first. I wouldn't even really like it in the second because there's a lot better positions and other players I would prefer better. But in the early third or even late second, if I'm bumping them up, I'll take Grifka's boy, Rocky Sin. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> Grifka, that felt good, man. That was Five fun. minutes of getting after it. We that gotta, was fun. We gotta... It really was. We'll have to do that every once in a while. I don't think we do it every show because then it becomes trite, but – that was fun. I enjoyed that. And you know why it was fun mostly? Because you can't interrupt me. And I had to bite my tongue on you. So we actually get to get our points out and give a little, uh, get after a little bit. But the so best I think part the people is, will we enjoy know that's that. what it is. It's just, we know it's done after that. It's cool. It's out there. It's cool. There you go. There you go. Those are good. T- We're going to have to rewind those after some of this happens. And then, then have you listen back when, uh, when I'm right, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> So, so Grifka, man, you got anything else, man? We've talked about a ton here on the show today. No, man, this is a nice little, nice little uh, cover. All we covered a whole bunch of topics, and uh, you know, uh, put some stuff out there as because we're just uh, waiting for the draft to happen. Man, absolutely can't wait. It is two weeks from tonight. We are recording uh, here on a Thursday evening. In two weeks, Grifka, this time. The number one pick will be walking up to the podium. So that's absolutely crazy. Um, And in relation to that, so like I said, we talked about a lot of good things. We talked about uh, news and notes. We had the draft talk. We had some good great lines debates where we got after it. But before we get out of here, I want to um, throw something at the people. I've kind of teased it on Twitter and, you know, I'm trying to make it perfect, but I think we're just going to get it out there so that people can enjoy Um, me and the big Hughes surprising to all the people that Grifka hasn't put in any really work on this project. Um, But we've been busting our tail working on this NFL draft sheet. And what it is, it's like a, it's a Google sheet 
that has a live draft board. It has a live mock draft board. It's got our horizontal board, which is all seven rounds, kind of where we're placing players up and down that board. So you can see them in different rounds. Um, me and Hughes started a dynasty players. Um, like if we were starting to expand here in the draft using the Lions picks, it's got those on there. It's got my picks from 2006 up to now of who I would have taken, what my reaction was, what the Lions did. Um, man, those are just off the top of my head. There's other tabs and stuff on this thing. So what I want to do is I'm going to clean it up a little bit more, but by the time you're hearing this podcast, it'll probably be a link to this Google sheet out on Twitter and on some different platforms. You can click it. You can't say, you can't change it, but what you can down to this thing and we'll do some live mock drafts where we'll tell you at six o'clock we're going to do a mock draft and if you want to jump on this sheet you can see us in live real time make our picks if um if you want to follow us during the draft you can have this sheet up and all the picks all the trades everything will be updated um on this sheet and it's Lions related, like we have a Lions target board. So that's why you would want to come to something like this rather than ESPN, CBS. You can come here and see a, a, a full tab of only Lions targets that we here at Detroit Kool-Aid are looking at. And as they come off the board, they come off our sheet. So um, pretty cool stuff, Grifka. I know you've checked it out a little bit and uh, we're excited to sort of share this this year with the people. And then who knows where this could go next year, but uh, this should be a fun trial. Yeah, it uh, looks pretty cool. So everybody, I mean, just be on the lookout for the link. Like I say, all you got to do is click it. We, we recommend viewing it on a computer um, as there's just too much data to really peek at it quickly on your phone. But save this thing, whatever you got to do, star it, and then open it on a computer. Uh, find a view that works for you and just uh, eat up all this content as there's only two weeks to the draft. So I want to throw that out there. Um, it'll be out shortly. And, uh, I mean, that's all I got. And uh, the people want to know Grifka. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. All right. Well, it's been a cool week, man. We really enjoyed the interview that we got to do earlier in the week. This has been a really fun show. It's just a great time to be a Lions fan and, and be a football fan. So let's go ahead and get up out of here, and uh, I'll check you ne- next week. Grifka, same time, same place, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Drink it in, man.